again this morning and we are saying good morning from here to you from FSK Radio um, Hamburg. And if you have kindly joined us this morning, we are going to be streaming the revolution right to you on your doorstep this morning and I hope you are quite well going to be following and I hope you can be also follow up this morning. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Yes, we're bringing you the revolution live in your doorstep this morning. And uh, the person who is going to be doing that with you this morning is, as usual, my name is Steve, and uh, I'm going to be your host on today's program. And the title of our today's program is going to be the structural institutional killings of black and brown bodies by Europe. 
which is very interesting for us from the black community and uh, minority groups and so we are going to be bringing you this revolution that they never ever bring to you live on your doorsteps in reality to how it happens so we are going to be bringing that to you this morning just saying that i just wanted to remind you as i said earlier what our program today is is very very important for the black community as it is or the minority group uh, who live in europe this is very important for us to try to talk about because we always always try to speak about what kind of oppression we are facing uh, in the west here mainly in the western part of europe in Europe generally, but in the Western part of Europe, uh, we want to express what we have been uh, experiencing. So for that reason, I'm going to be bringing you some of this topic and why we think it's very, very important as the black community to emphasize what our uh, struggles are, what our sufferings are, and uh, how we intend to go on um, struggling with it and uh, on that case uh, before i go on i would like to bring you another music and i would like you to relax and pay attention for those of you who might feel consigned please follow the next conversation because it's going to be about people who are generally killed by these structural systems or structural um institutions that you have that you set up here in europe so we are going to be talking very much about that for people who do not have very much um who do not are not very much aware of this kind of struggles that the black people or brown people minority groups indigenous people are going through some of those things we are going to be bringing to you today and uh, we would like to more like focus on some specific cases that we know for sure or either now or in the past that is happening we would like to use some of these examples to express our view of what we think is happening to us as black people in europe but before that i would like to open up this conversation among this uh, um, program today with a little bit of uh, a cheer up song so here i is a uh, baritone living Come on. 
I must say I know that is a very difficult time at this time, but at the same time we must have to find the courage, the strength, and the possibility to be able to love one another, to show one another love, most especially from um, and saying directly this to the people from the black communities, uh, those from the minority groups, indigenous people. Um, it's almost impossible to continue this struggle without loving each other, without caring for one each other. And that's why this song is dedicated to many of us who are feeling the sorrows today, um, who are going through a very difficult time. So please, everyone in the community, we ask that you somehow extend your love. dedicate this program most especially to our brothers and sisters who has been killed by the system who we have lost through the structural uh, designed death for black and brown people minority groups indigenous people I dedicate this song and this program today most especially to them um, I'm please asking that you please take heart uh, from your losses and uh, find courage somehow to continue and most especially also for those people who are still going or contemplating of also taking their own lives for instance those i know in the refugee camps in the detention camps in prisons um, these structures are put to put this pressure on you for you to take your own life and um, i'm begging you please keep on hope because somehow we are keeping on the fight and someday we are going to end up victorious.
as I was just saying earlier, you're listening to The Bridge Radio and we are streaming today as usual from FSK. And we want to also say thank you very much to this um, group and for this space that we've been given uh, and the space we've been given to be able to talk about these issues and the opportunity we the Bridge Radio has enjoyed in FSK here for almost one year now, and we want to continue to say thank you for giving us the space. So, coming back to the program, we want to um, go back to the main topic of our program today, which is um, the structural institutional killings of black and brown bodies in Europe. And uh, this particular topic is very, very um, sensitive when discussing it because of also the pains that um, is attached to it. So in many ways, uh, we would like to ask people to also show some sense of um, some sense of sensitivity to how we discuss these kind of issues and also trying in that sense to ask some of the black communities or the people who are affected in these situations to always find courage or how to speak up because it's very, very important that we speak up about what is happening to us as a community in this part of the world. So today we are going to be focusing on specifically of a case that we know here in Germany of uh, a brother who was killed uh, by the security guards, not by the um, police, not by the military this time, it is by the security guards. As we've always had these days, it's very, very easy for a security guard, uh, trafficker, the people who control in the, in, the, in, the, in the buses or in the trains to actually use force uh, on a black person or on a brown person, uh, just simply because they are brown. This, if this was a white person, it would never happen. But somehow, one of our brothers, uh, uh, brother Bobda, lost his life a few weeks ago um, in the hands of uh, a security, uh, some security guards in the hospital, and that's what we are going to be talking about today. And also trying to focus on his specific issue, I also want to reach out to many of the people we never heard of, or that we know that we never spoke about, or that we never fought for, uh, those people who are in many ways um, either locked up in prison, fought, uh, either with almost no crimes or things that would not be regarded as crime if it was a white person who committed it, uh, and also for the refugees and migrants who are being locked up, also both in prisons, in detentions, and uh, in uh, refugee camps who also in many ways are forced to take their own life or the security guards or guards in the prison also take their own life uh, for simply asking for protection or they are abandoned to die for basically nothing in these refugee camps, detention camps and so on. So we are going to be focusing on these issues today and uh, on this program today I have, I have, a, I have a guest uh, who is part of the people who are organizing this um, 
Uh, how do I call it? Uh, the, the struggle to ask for justice for Brother Mbobda. Um, and for this reason, I have um, invited him to the studio today to speak with us. And I have to say thank you very much, uh, Brother Tom, for coming on onto the show. And uh, sooner or later, I'm going to bring him on. But before that, uh, I will bring you one more song. And uh, please stay on. And this song is by God. And it's called I want to be free we all want to be free we want to be free from these institutions we want to be free from this uh, uh, colonial uh, mother that you have here in Europe uh, not just that they have just us away from our homes forcefully and um, we are also being killed right in front of the citizens eye right in front of your eye here Europeans um, just for asking for either protection or are going to ask for help so we want to bring that but before that uh, we say we want to be free and we want this institution to free us so ph cuts please enjoy the song as it comes on brothers and sisters Hello. come right down i say we've heard the cry for contentment the cry for justice the cries for peace and we've got to survive, every man loves to survive And we've got to carry on strong rapid. And to survive we got to seek freedom somehow So we got to be free to say to yourself that you want to be free 
We want you to fight for your freedom. We want you to join the struggle of the community to fight for the freedom of the people. And without doing that, without believing it, we cannot proceed. We cannot succeed. So we are asking you to believe that we are going to be free. We are asking you to join the fight for freedom, for the fight to free us from colonialism, from oppression, from institutional killings. So every black person there, every minority person, every indigenous person, we should keep on fighting. Please do not lose hope. We have to be free. that was the song and now we are going to jump straight into the interview and we are going to be talking about what actually really happened with brother Bobda and then we will also talk about some other things that we know that has happened to some of the people um, who we never got to fight for who their names never come out so who we never knew exactly what's because the state or nobody knew exactly what the narrative is but here as i said earlier i have with me uh, brother tom who is going to be explaining this he's part of the um initiative for Olijalo, who was also one of the persons who was killed by the uh, police so in the prison so we are going to be talking more about this please uh, stay tuned as we go on um and today in the guest i have with me tony i have with me tom and um please could you kindly introduce yourself you know, hello, Stephen, or Steve, sorry. Here, this is Tom from the uh, Initiative in Remembrance of Uri Jalo. And uh, I've, I've been coming to Hamburg to support the black community, Hamburg, in the struggles in the case of Tonu Mbobda, who was killed at the Ukai Hospital. Easter Sunday, 21st of April, 2019. So, um, I was at the protest of the manifestation for him after this, and I didn't myself know in details of what really happened of, to Mr. Tony Mbopta. And um, please, can you explain to the audience actually why we are We've continued to ask for justice for him and why we've continued to protest in his name. Yeah, um, Brother Tonu Mbopda was a student of the University of Hamburg and um, on Wednesday, 
before the Easter, so that must have been 16th, around 16th of April. He admitted himself to the uh, psychiatry UKE for feeling uh, psychological distress. He, he admitted himself? He admitted himself. He went there to the uh, polyclinic. Mm -hmm. Ambulance, so and then uh, he from there he was admitted to the ward on that Wednesday. Um, on the ward, the situation was like that the doctors um, told him to take uh, a medication against uh, his uh, psychological distress. But uh, Bobda refused for having experienced uh, allergic reactions to a drug with the same therapeutic substance. So the uh, physicians on the ward were like referring to the man that uh, this wouldn't be sort any sort of a problem as he has been there at the ward before and uh, he was given the same medicament or the same drug and he didn't show allergic reaction. So his reaction in the ambulance situation could have been due to other substances from another distributor of this active substance. But, you know, if you are in a state of uh, psychological distress mm -hmm. and you know your body and you have your convictions that uh, you don't need to have any more distress in form of allergic reaction whatsoever, then this uh, will of the patient should be acknowledged and not like this try to be discussed away, you know, like as if he is a child or not a, a, a full-grown man mm -hmm. who can make his own decisions. Uh, another point is that the, uh, the time of Easter is a time where there is not a regular uh, duty on those uh, clinics. That means you only have uh, a small team running the whole clinic. Yeah. So as from the Easter Friday, on the Saturday and on the Sunday when it happened, every day there have been different doctors and physicians coming around and telling him the same thing that he has to take his medication and he just didn't want. Yeah, it, and different doctors, so the first person who talked to him or who admitted him into the hospital was not the same person who was talking to him during these holidays. Um, it's like the you have a, you have a, a doctor of, of the ward, and on that uh, Sunday, it was accidentally the same doctor of the ward. But the days before, Friday and Saturday, it wasn't. there were other doctors on duty. So regular duty means the doctor of the ward is there. Mm -hmm. And um, holiday scheme is 
different doctors on different days. Yeah, and on that day, this uh, doctor in the morning, as he again refused to take the medi medication, decided to admit him to the closed ward for forced treatment, you know, to have more means to force him to take this, to take this medicine. Um, but since, since Bob Da, after not taking his medication, went down in front of the, uh, of the clinic, sat on a bench and smoked a cigarette, while the doctor on the ward was sending personnel, um, not doctor personnel, after him, and also ordered the security to to support the the, 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 the forceful measures on him. So when the security arrived and the personnel was there again with the medication in front of the hospital, um, the the application to the Ordnungsbehörde, who has to decide on whether uh, the admission is uh, allowed or not, mm -hmm. was not even written yet. So in that state, the security forces came, and as witnesses and other patients have described the situation, it was like it. they always, uh, or, almost, on arrival, went into violence modus on him. Mm -hmm. The witnesses were describing kicking with knees and feet and three people on top of Mbopta. Him uh, screaming that he can't breathe. Um, and then uh, he suddenly stopped and then uh, he was like unconscious and was in a status where he needed rescuitation. So only thereafter then another doctor came into the scene and started uh, the first uh, rescuitation measures. This rescuitation in front of this psychiatry in in the public, more or less, was described to last like twenty, some say thirty minutes. After that, um, an ambulance appeared, and uh, he was brought under rescuitation measures into the intensive care unit, which is about 200 meters away from the psychiatry in the same hospital. Yeah, so the what is very important to acknowledge is that it has been the witnesses and the patients of the psychiatry who informed the police of the attack and who also informed the black community in Hamburg 
on what happened so that the black community could take care of finding the family, which was also not done by the UKA themselves. Mm. They should have in their files the contact for emergency, mm-hmm. who to contact of the family. It's actually like a standard. If you don't have it, something should be wrong. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't there the first time, so at least from the last time, should there should have been some, some family contact. Um, but the UKI didn't, so the uh, black community were the ones to... Um, contact the family. Yeah, to contact the family through publicizing what happened, through publicizing the family name, and asking around in the community who might know the man and who might know members of the family. As he was student here in Hamburg, so mm. it was very clear there must also be friends who know about your family. And this was uh, also, didn't take too much time actually mm. to find out the sister and the cousin and to bring them there to the hospital and uh, see what happened. Yeah, so as from there on arrival on the uh, intensive care unit, when the family members also came to, to the hospital, then the information given was like uh, that Mbopda had very poor chances of surviving. They connected him to various machines for breathing and controlling. So... The doctors were telling the family like uh, something like one percent survival chances as they were seeing it, and in case of survival, uh, that Bob Da wouldn't be the same person again for the long period of rescuation, which means also a long period for the brain with no substantial blood supply and. Uh, consecutive damage to it and it was also shown then five days later the um, uh, machines were stopped as the uh, the brain was um, like assessed of no more working mm. so for for the community and for the family after all, it appears that Mbobda was like already dead on the Sunday. That the rescuation didn't work in time, and that the consequences out of it uh, were not really bringing him back to life. So it was like uh, an artificially supported status. Of, you know, keeping somebody alive with the use of machines, but it's not that the person was sort of alive. Yeah, so it's also very important to 
mentioned that uh, he was killed or died. He died in the sports before he was actually brought to the hospital. Yes, uh, this this has to be seen. Um, it's very obvious also for the witnesses, for the family, for the community that uh, his death cannot be explained without the violence that has taken place there in front of the hospital. Um, the security forces there in the hospital are seen from us of the initiative in remembrance of Orijalo like a paramilitary um, organization that shouldn't be operating in a hospital. In a health clinic. You know? So even if we see now that is more and more common due to, due to other phenomena, actually. So if we have a decadent society where people are partying, drinking with no end, taking drugs with uh, no end, mixing everything together and then becoming aggressive and uncontrollable in an emergency room of the hospital, then it might be understandable that a hospital is thinking about how to protect um, the working staff, hmm. like doctors and so on, uh, from this aggressive um, people. But it's a totally different thing to use these security forces mm -hmm. with the same mentality and the same techniques and the same instruments on people in the psychiatry who have a um, psychological crisis, mm. you know. So it's absolutely a different uh, situation and the hospital should know um, that this is not appropriate. Mm. But the hospital is more or less trying what we as, as uh, black people in Germany, Europe and the US are seeing like simultaneously or comparably or, you know, just it's the same standard that the perpetrator is never themselves, is never connected to the violence that is obvious. It's always that the victims are blamed for wrongdoing, for having been sick before one or the other way, and that everything is like, you know, like destiny sort of a destiny with no responsibility uh, seen at the violent side of their own institution. So the UKA was in the first statement only three days later talking of an incident and then also referring to the to the Tumbopda as the one who resisted to take medicine. It's not that, you know, the, the, re the, the right perspective is that he is a self-determined person. He has the right to self-determination. 
So he is the, the one to decide what to take and not to take. And it's not like they are now passing it the other way around, that he was resisting to the forceful ideas of their own institution, which were not even legalized at, at the moment when they took So here we, I just must have to say a little bit of something, because as you just heard uh, my brother uh, Tom say, most of the times, or a lot of the times, these institutions of power do not see any responsibility. They do not see any sort of uh, connection to reality. The violence that they portray, that the violence that they perpetrate, um, that they uh, embody, why they so-called doing their work, um, and also the, the laws that allows them to do such things, they never ever acknowledge that these things are violence and that it can and it will actually uh, escalate people's um, mindset if the person is already uh, more like stressed in this sense of how it was with Brother Mbota here, who already knew himself, he was feeling stressed that he was feeling a bit sick and then he decided to go to the psychiatrist himself to ask for medicine uh, or to ask for help and at the end of the day this uh, the, the institution as it is uh, felt it was uh, proper to deal with him in the way they've been taught of how to um, treat uh, sick um, uh, patients, uh, which also, from our perspective, we think is very wrong uh, from the way these institutions like that of now when we're talking about an institution like the UK, which is a hospital, <clears throat> we must have to say that people like this, uh, most of the times do not take the responsibility, et uh, ethical responsibility of even the job that they do not to talk about uh, the securities themselves who are being employed in these places. Uh, how is it possible that a security man is allowed to use violence on people who are already themselves suffering from trauma or violence that they have experienced from one way or the other? This is one of the things I'm trying to say. We as minority people, we as black people, we as brown people, we are not even allowed to be sick. We cannot be sick. And when we say that we are, it's even very, very difficult to uh, acknowledge it. So I just wanted to make this comment and then we are going to go back. But before we go back to this um, uh, particular interview, let's bring you another song, which for me, I think is very, very important to play and say it out loud, at least from our own perspective, that this is murder. And we must continue to say it because we know it is murder. And this is from Baritone once again, and it's called Murder. If you didn't hear it before, 
if we haven't told you from the experiences we've had as black people, Africans, minority groups in Europe, or even before we came to Europe, what you are doing in our own homes, this is murder. This is murder that your government and institutions are committing. And you are supporting it in one way or the other by supporting these institutions. So we need a radical change of mind from the perspective of the white Europeans. It is time that you begin to ask yourselves, how is it possible that we are doing things like this. It is time that you take responsibility for your government, for your institutions, and for your, um, how is it called, uh, structures that you have already in place. Watch them, watch them, watch them, watch them, watch them, I come. Them a murderer. Ay. Tell them I'm ready, we have to tell them again. Tell them I'm ready, we have to tell them again. Anyone we no like a we no keep them free. Girls, we don't feel, we don't chat to them. Cause them a murderer. Them a murderer. We have to keep on telling you that this is murder. And this is really, really murder. We cannot understand, as people, how someone could come to a hospital where the real job for a hospital to do is to save life. This guy came only psychologically sick, not physically sick, but ended up with his life being lost by the security guards at UKA. So we have to keep on saying that this is murder. As you had Brother, Mubolo, uh, Brother Tom say, he died at the spot. He was confirmed brain dead when he came to the hospital. So we have to keep on saying that this is murder by the security guards. baritone for you and this song as i said it before it's called murderer and we want to keep on to remind the institutions the european institutions that it's really its structures and its way of doing things is murder that they are committing and this is clear murder they have they have committed here but anyway we have to go back to the interview and we will be back once again with some songs and I also must have to highlight that there is a lot of this going on every day that we do not hear but for this that you hear now please we want you to pay attention of listening to it so brother um, 
brother Tom. We are going to go back to the interview, and here it comes. As you mentioned here, um, if Mbopta went there himself, mm -hmm. voluntarily, mm -hmm. uh, wanted to get treatment for mm -hmm. his psychological issues, mm -hmm. and ended up being forced, knowing himself already, uh, let's say he forcefully, or he, when they tried to force these medicines on him, and he says, this would not work for me. Mm -hmm. Was there any kind of consultation to ask, okay, what do you think would work for you in this situation? Since you are voluntarily coming yourself, actively trying to get treatment for yourself, rather than um, violence that was put on him. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, something I personally cannot uh, comment on. I'm 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 not family, so I have not I have not been part of the communication. But as mm -hmm. far as we know, mm -hmm. um, is the UKA with all their statements trying to not to refer what they tried alternatively to it is always only about the medicament not taken mm. so if you take that as a matter of fact there was no alternative seen by these uh, physicians and yeah. these institutions which is also like um, like a problem you know for you can't treat any individual the same way with the same scheme yeah. and make it a matter of a diagnosis which sort of medicament now has to be used, especially if it's about um, psychological issues. Hey, well, it also like trying to speak about that. Um, one of the days not to switch the, the conversation and one of the days with the protest, it was also mentioned because we see a lot of these patterns of, let's say, institutions when you talk about using the security guard, for instance, in the hospital, where they play these kind of roles, uh, or the doctors themselves not taking the responsibility of treating, let's say, black people or minorities the same, or taking their lives serious. Um, one of the comments or one of the things that was expressed these days that is that this is a, also an institutional problem. Uh, being that you yourself, you have been in the fight with Oligialo in initially, mm -hmm. what patterns do you see or what patterns can we draw with this? Yeah, the, um, the, the, the racism that can be seen is, has many facets. One is uh, the Eurocentric way of how to treat human beings mm -hmm. in the psychiatry. There are more, many more alternatives in different cultures, and even here within Germany, there are different uh, perspectives on how to do it. You know, but once we are at the point of forceful treatment, then is the so-called old German or European psychiatry. So this already is a perspective 
that needs to be discussed from our point of view. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we have to see that people in psychological distress, um, they feel themselves very unsure about what they see, what they feel, how, what, what they, their emotions, uh, their fears, you know. And this, this uh, status is also mirrored by people around them. So now we see professionals who obviously cannot mirror properly. On the other side, we see people in as patients who have a totally different mirror to to the same individual. Mm. So now we have to see uh, there's a professional on on the side of uh, medicine of the profession itself, and we have professionals of the side of experience of those who are the patients. Yeah, and if there's a disparity going as far as from peaceful to aggressive, then there is something wrong with the understanding yeah. on the professional side of the professionals, mm -hmm. not of those of the experience. Mm -hmm. So then, again, in all these situations, we know about the intersectionality. That means if it's a white person, okay, then they are insecure in the situation, mm -hmm. both parties. If we have a black person, then there is even more insecurity coming to it on the white side of this uh, constellation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's conscious or unconscious, but what does matter is that it is not reflected on the profession. On, on the white side, you know? So if we call out on the racism, which is necessarily there, when a white forceful structure like a security, and in that case also the psychiatry as a hospital, is using deadly force on a black person, mm. this situation in itself is in inevitably racist, you know? It's, yeah. There's nothing to discuss about it. It's only to reflect about it. But what we see is now the third step, and that is the derailing, the reversing, the in the opposite of acknowledging and reflection, to what those people who have lost a member of their community or family are saying about it. Their perspective shall be silenced again. So this is also inevitable part of the same very racism mm -hmm. that is in place in the first, uh, in the first um, um, sequence on doing the violence to him on being more insecure for is a big black man, you know, and not reflecting on that. 
So, and from the experiences in those cases, black of the killing of black people here in Germany and beyond is always the same pattern. With Uri Jallo, it's a very, yeah, it's a very exceptional case for this man died in a police cell where there was nothing that could have possibly burned. There was a fireproof mattress and it was only the person himself mm. and his clothes. So the mattress is not supposed to burn. There was, it's not supposed to be a lighter in the cell for the man was controlled before. Mm. There's no evidence of witnesses stating there could have been a lighter in the cell. But still, from the very first moment, second zero, it was clear the man must have burned himself. We have seen the video of the investigation of the, of the scene, where the videographer, not even having been in the cell, and nobody else of the investigation team having been in the cell, is going down into the cellar, stating that the man has burned himself. You know, this should have been the uh, result of the investigation, mm. not a priority, you know, before even starting investigation. Our initiative has worked for over a decade now, and uh, we have been doing, raising own evidence in the country, outside of the country, mm -hmm. to as to prove that this is not possible that the man burned himself. It's, it's very clear that a lighter wasn't found at that day of investigation of the scenery. Mm -hmm. Then they said the lighter fell out three days later out of some bag which they had secured from the cell. So they have been securing small parts of the uh, of the trouser, very small, like the zip or something like that. But mm -hmm. a, a big thing like a lighter, they couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't recognize it while putting it into a bag. And moreover, Seven over seven years later, this lighter was the first time investigated on traces, and all the traces that were found on that lighter were not in the cell. They were not connectable to anything inside that cell, which means this lighter has never been inside this cell. For there must have been traces of something in the cell when. It was used in the cell. Mm. So, and with all this evidence, they still try to blame the victim. So this is why we say it's, it's just an outstanding case, which is going so far yeah. in delusion about matters of fact, you know? And we, we recover seeing it here. Is now is it is um, Bobda. 
But in the same Uka'e, 2001, actually John was killed in the Forensic Institute. They were assisting the police by trying to make the man vomit. And then they put the substance for vomiting not into his stomach, but into his lungs. So the man was sort of suffocated by this procedure of the doctors in the forensic medicine. By the way, those doctors, Uka A Forensic Medicine, are still there. Practicing today. They are still there. <coughs> you know? So the the physician who did it is now a senior and the senior of of 2001 is now chief of the institute and the same on the political side the senator internal affairs at the time was uh, Olaf Scholz we know later he became mayor and we also know now he is uh, vice chancellor of the whole republic for being responsible in the killing of black people. It doesn't even matter for the career of those people. And again, those people who have their own corpses in the cellar, how we call it, mm -hmm. are now assessing the case of Brother Mbobda. What does it mean? How can we trust those people? When, as you said, you you have uh, continued with the fight with Olijalo now for over a decade, mm -hmm. and um, this um, sometimes when I imagine it, I don't even see any sense of clarity coming out of the family. As you just mentioned, they didn't even tell the family at the first place. Did not mention them, even though when they should have had um, a contact person who they should be able to contact. So, so I do not see any sort of clarity for them and. Um, for let's say, for instance, uh, the past people who have been murdered by these institutions, or so. So, how should we, as a community, or how have you continued the fight, for instance, for Lijalo and kept it so long that you could continue to ask for justice from the institutions themselves and from the state? Yeah, the f the first thing is that we, as a black community. In Hamburg, in Germany, but also as the whole diaspora, mm -hmm. have to ha more hardly work on standing as one mm. in those cases. We have to furthermore also try to see how can we support our communities before things like that happen. Mm -hmm. So how can we assist our sisters and brothers in psychological distress as, as an example, you know, mm -hmm. to, to make them know what are their rights, you know, what, what can be done, and possibly taking care of those situations ourselves instead of l losing our people in the institutions of the psychiatries, mm -hmm. of the police, of wherever. 
Secondly, the most obvious way is to inform yourself about what happened, to make it known, discuss it in the public with all your friends, not only the black friends, also your white friends. We as the black community have to fight to get recognition of the racist attitudes and behaviors of this white society. For whenever something happens, it never was racist. And there's also hardly acknowledgement, even as on genocides like within Rama Herrero or in the Maji Maji War, on the other side of Africa, in the eastern parts, the German colonies, there will be no reparation as as they don't even acknowledge that this you know happened. this really outrageous and mass murderous crimes. So in single cases even more difficult. Yes. Uh, but we have to break this routine of disacknowledgement, of turning the perspective away from the perpetrators to the victims. We have to hold them accountable. We have to show that they never inform the families. Never. I don't, I don't know any single case where they on themselves were informing the bereaved family of any of those victims. So if we don't do it, nobody will do it. So um, then as uh, after this public awareness raising and, f and anti-racist fights that we need to um, promote more intensively, We do not forget the solidarity with the family. So within the communities, we should make sure, and it often happens if things like that occur, that money will be raised to support the family to repatriate the corpses back to their home places. And... Um, but moreover, we also should think of how we can facilitate the investigations independently from our resources we can, we can raise. So we as the initiative in remembrance of Urijalo went this way of raising money, doing independent um, investigations. We have been establishing a commission, an independent international commission in the case. And I suggest or we suggest from the initiative to also go about this case in, in a comparable manner, to pitch up a commission 
to really have means and possibilities to have independent expertise on the case. For we don't trust them. Mm -hmm. The family doesn't trust them. Just from the just from the point how it happened, how witnesses describe it, and how the development is now trying to go. The last statement of the UKA is like saying, ah, it was like tragic destiny that it happened that way. You know? Um, how can they say so? How can they totally ignore their own part in it. in it, their own violence in it, not acknowledging that without that violence, it wouldn't have occurred that way. Yeah, Brother Tom, I, I must have to say what you're saying is really true. We have also seen in the past whereby um, these institutions, as it is, never try to take responsibilities, even when it's so obvious and so clear that they have actually committed a murder, that they cannot, they don't even seem to recognize it, that they don't even seem to see it. Sometimes we call it pretending, knowing that they know what they have done, but at the same time, we are very, very worried for the mindset of the people who are doing this. It cannot be uh, accepted and normal that every other person in the world or minority groups or groups around the world, in the exception of Europeans, that are doing this or more or like putting these structures together, uh, empowering these structures to be there, that they do not recognize what they are even doing themselves. That's why we are continue to say, you Europeans, the citizens, the children of Europe, should be ashamed of what your fathers are doing. You should come out and denounce what they're doing. When I have been here since 2009 and I have seen how much and uh, whenever any minority group does something, we are collectively punished for it. If a black person commits any sort of crime in Europe, it's generalized around all black people. If one Muslim person commits a crime, it's generalized among all Muslims and mass punishment for all of them. But somehow, when your institutions does something, we even see people from this society trying to defend it, or defending it, not trying to. They defend it openly, even though we know that what has been committed is, is a crime. But for some reason, they try to justify it. If we go back again, we'll be talking about security and people being sick and being made sick. I have to go back a little bit to how these systems work. Because from my experience, for instance, in Denmark, in the refugee camps, or more like in the detention camps, the idea is to take away one's purpose of living taking away the purpose of 
being a human being so that the people can be deported or leave the country or whatsoever um these are the same people who were chased away from their country who their homes has been taken away destroyed many of their lives destroyed uh, family members and so on even at these people we must continue to say we are healthy even after witnessing all these um horrendous crimes uh, very very disturbing crimes that has been committed by the military security forces however you might call it or any of these institutions we are forced or more like have to endure that we are not sick or that we do not suffer through stress uh, we are when we come here seeking for protection any sort of protection call it asylum be the foreigner however it is you're also being blamed for being either a refugee, a, a migrant, whatever it is uh, that you are labeled as. You're also blamed, uh, put into camps that is meant to take away your purpose of being a human being. Take that away, put you in the camp. And for many of us, if you go to the prisons, you will see people who have committed basically no crimes at all there are people in jail who are there because of fines from the uh, how is it called uh, from the from the train or the bus there are people who are there because they didn't sign in their camps there are people who are there simply because um yeah they 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 cannot just go back home as the government has asked them to go back home and uh, all of these things still you the Europeans, your institutions, your government, your citizens, you justify it. How is it possible that you don't see that actually this is a mindset of people themselves who are sick? But anyway, with all of this, we still try to endure, we still try to deal with our problem, just like as Brother uh, Tom said, most of the most important thing we can do for ourselves is to try to start looking at for ourselves so to that end before we go on to the continue the interview we have to take a little bit short break and try to um bring this a little bit into another kind of uh, discussion with music and for that uh, i'm going to be playing uh, a new song and it's called uh, the, the the artist in this song is called uh, jimmy cliff and it's called many rivers and that's more like to express um what our everyday struggle is how many rivers we have to cross uh, how many mountains we have to climb uh, how many borders we have to cross and all of that so here comes the song that is jimmy cliff Thank you. 
That is coming your way is called uh, Brutella and it's called Love and Death. And this song I'm playing for you, the black community, and for us, the minority, indigenous, however you may put it, in this society. This is for you. Also, that you understand that no matter how it is, we must love ourselves, we must have to find how to confront the very issue that we have now, which is the death of our, our brothers and sisters and our loved ones here in Europe. Brothers so, here it is.
Namaste, you're still listening to the Bridge Radio, and this is also streaming from FSK. And thanks for being on the radio and continue to be and listening to us. That was the song from Ebu Taylor, and it's called Love and Dead. And this is uh, the Bridge Radio once again, and you're listening to us from FSK. It is a beautiful morning from here The uh, on the Friday, the 17th of May. So we continue to ask for justice for Brother uh, Bobta, for our past, uh, uh, how do I call it, uh, comrades, uh, brothers and sisters, relatives that we've lost in this struggle to the institutions, to the struggle of uh, fighting for human rights and uh, the killings of our body. We continue to fight for this and we here in the bridge radio has always somehow 
try to change the narrative or more like bring the revolution uh, of what is really happening around the in, in our communities we try to bring it to your doorstep and this morning that's more like what we are doing and uh, before we are going to go until the next uh, interview brother tom uh, please uh, i would ask that i play one more song for the audience and i uh, hope that you're also going to enjoy this uh, this one is a very very beautiful sound and this is coming from chimozo and uh, it's uh, a very beautiful sound from africa and i would really like that you enjoy this
song we're just hearing now was Chiwonzo uh, and uh, so we are going to go back to the uh, interview and uh, before we go back to the interview and uh, we're just going to bring you a little Radio. bit of Radio the bridge radio The Bridge Radio, Anyway, as I was just saying earlier, we will be going back to this interview with uh, Brother Tom about the death of uh, Brother Mbobda and uh, Sooner or later, we will be coming to the end of this discussion with his, and we'll continue to talk about other brothers and sisters who this uh, system has taken their lives without anyone speaking up for them. And we'll use this platform to speak up for them, and those we know their name will always mention their names, and to put the names and re put the people in reminding them constantly as you have brother uh, tom say talk about them speak to your friends about them uh, even your white friends who do not know talk to them about how this system works because even though we know it's going to be difficult for them to understand but it's very important that we speak about it so that's why we have to keep on talking about it but anyway we are going to continue the interview right now and um, brother uh, tom you said this um i just have to jump in briefly as much as you have talked about how we should show solidarity and also how we should try to as a community as a black community most especially we should find means to take care of our own uh, support them before or during when they have psychological issues um i have to mention like right now there is a this money i should i call it a factory <laughs> that i know that they, they themselves have created in denmark and also here uh, from what i hear is going to start up in next year 2020 outside of hamburg which is uh, a possibility of detaining also not just people they call refugees but which also includes a lot of uh, black people and in this place uh, clearly the in denmark it is made to take away the purpose of the people living. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I used to tell people like, of course we as black people, or mainly refugees, always have traumas. 
because the places that has been created, uh, or both home before we came here, or here itself, the situation or the structures are created for us to always have traumas. And why when people go to seek this help, they don't get it because they are not included in the system in any mm -hmm. way. And uh, so I thought it was very important since the state, since the institutions wouldn't do it, um, that uh, we as a community should somehow start to find how to support ourselves, most especially because, um, should I say, somehow I feel like we are born with traumas our, even before birth. So in many ways, both for people who we know that are in this situation who these uh, institutions have killed and uh, ha both the institutions have created trauma for, we should find ways to how to support or create a community that supports all of this in mm -hmm. many ways. So in that sense, I just wanted to say um, the communities of black people here, uh, of black refugees also, <laughs> that we should find how we should um, work together with these communities in order to also ask justice for them because a lot of them we don't hear of their death as we hear in in, uh, in the past now there are fewer of us who are in this circle that we can know or that we know when they die for mm -hmm. instance like Oligialo now his case became aware because somehow we heard about it um, with um, Mbopta uh, now we hear about it, but every day, let's say around Hamburg or around Germany or Europe as a whole, quite a lot of our brothers and sisters are dying, but we never hear about them, that the institutions also have killed themselves. So I just wanted to make a comment on this you talked about, both with the institution and also how to build a community uh, on. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, clearly, we have to raise our awareness within our own community. Mm. We know we are not welcome in this society. Yeah. So who is going to welcome our brothers and sisters if not we? Mm. We have to overcome the obstacles of uh, Babylonian borders pitched up in Africa called nations, you know? For we have been working different before. Mm -hmm. And we still can work different today. We don't have to follow the Babylon system. We shall focus on creating our own system on the continent, same as in the diaspora. Yeah. Black people are everywhere. So we should more network on that ideas, how to do it. And of course, the refugees and the... Uh, the sans pompiers, those are the most vulnerable on it. And it's not only the hospitals, it's not only the police. Black children are taken away from their parents. You know? And all this stuff is, is an everyday matter and is an everyday fight. And there are too few people in the community that really take care for those people in those situations and this must be something we really have to facilitate to put more intention mm -hmm. to 
to create more value of our community through our work, through our solidarity, mm. which is the protection at the end of the day. For if the, if the white society, if the white institutions see that it's not going to be unnoticed and they cannot do it in secrecy, hiding somewhere in lagers or, you know, through certain measures, then this, they will have to start to being more cautious about it as we are more cautious about it and we are more solidaric about it. But th this needs structures and people who really want to participate in this, what I call work. This is community work. It's yeah. not just something you do after working for Babylon, then you work for the community. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is really has to be uh, a 24-7 job. You can you have to 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 be there you know so and we have to of course also see how we can strengthen our networks transnationally and back to the continent you know so it also we also have to raise the awareness in the countries in africa what happens to people here in europe to, you know, also bring back the reality of it, not to, you know, to, to make the people aware mm. how far this exploitation is going, how far this repression is going, how far this uh, bringing down people of African descent is so inscribed in the DNA of these people, of these societies. So the whole society is, is working on the back of black people down in the continent, same here in, in Europe, <coughs> you know? So this, this must be clear, this, the awareness must be raised. We have to be, we have to build a, a strong, resistance and a strong solidarity within ourselves against this system of suppressing, oppressing, repressing, killing black lives every day. So as you just all heard, or almost all heard, um, what Tom has been saying, and I just want to say, as he just said, uh, People who are under constant oppression, uh, suppression, of course, we should always have the right to complain. We should always uh, have the right to seek for help within our own community and also trying to build our own community. I don't know if there's much you, more you would like to add to this. Um, yeah, when we are here in the radio, of course, I want to um, project to the demonstration mm -hmm. that is planned in Hamburg on the 25th of May, which is the Africa Liberation Day, mm -hmm. that is um, um, a day that is celebrated throughout the continent and the diaspora of Africans all over the world. So this demonstration will be about the consciousness 
of our history. This will be about the consciousness for our struggles. This will be about the consciousness for unity to achieve our goals. And it will be dedicated, of course, to the campaign Justice for Mbobda, which is now actual, it's now running, it's contemporarily the problem in in Hamburg, we don't want to let go so easily mm. as it happened with all these other cases before. Mm. So we invite you to join into that demonstration. It will start uh, high noon on 25th Saturday yeah. at the place where our brother was killed at the UKE in Hamburg. We will send a message to this hospital mm. as a unified black community. And we also call for the support of those Germans and white people who also feel the need for change. You know, for is, there, is the German society that allows things like that to happen? Mm-hmm. So they also have a responsibility to be part of the resistance against it. We will proceed with that demonstration through the university. We will call on the decolonization of those institutions of the university. We will call out to acknowledge African history, not from the white people's point of view and we will end up with our demonstration at Rathaus City Hall where the mayor is okay Saturday they are not there but we can still call out what we demand for and moreover that we are watching them Mm. and we are not ready to let them again of any hook is their responsibility they have to take it this time and in any other time to come better to take measures to avoid it be it police be it uh, our the, the brothers that are you know repressed by the police especially at the Hafenviertel where the where where the drug crime, the fight against drugs is obviously a fight against black people, mm. you know. So, and we will also remember all the other cases, actually John, Yaya Diaby, I didn't even mention him, who just died in a Hamburg, um, what is it called now? Knast. I don't, I don't come to the... They don't come to the English term now. Uh, but what's the word in German? Prison. Ah, sorry. Yeah. Prison. Who was, you know, he, he was killed in prison. It's the same. He's He was talking to his brother and his family one day before. There was no sign of anything. Next mm. day, he was dead. And they say he killed himself. Obviously, the same story, story. again, you know. 
people kill themselves in a situation where they sh shouldn't even be. They are incarcerated just for the main reason that he's black. A white person wouldn't have been incarcerated with the same situation. And so, and all this is forgotten and it's all blamed and criminalized on black people instead of really seeing the responsibility and the crime of the white society on black people in those cases. All this will be remembered and we hope to see the black community there in unity, in strength and in determination on that day. Yeah, thanks very much. As you also heard Tom say now, um, we ask for continuous um, justice for Mbomda. Bobda, and then we continue to ask for also for the other justice for the rest of us who are uh, either alive or the ones who have been killed. We continue to ask for unity between the black community and please show up on the 25th for the demonstration and also for the unity of black people. So thank you very much for coming on to the show. You're and, welcome. Um, I'm very glad to have you on the show. today and um, now we will be bringing you quite a lot of music and I'm going to be reminding you about the updates of what we've just talked about here and uh, the next music you're hearing now is called Ruse and the main problems we have here in Europe is actually the Ruse that is in Europe. Uh, the structures that they have that uh, excludes us, that uh, we are not part of. So we are going to talk a little bit about that uh, later on. But for now, please enjoy the music. Thank you. 
So that was the song. It's called Ruse, and uh, we've been talking about rules, uh, institutions, and the law uh, of what is applied to black people and how that also affects us. And so, most especially, what is our problem is the rules. And to continue to challenge these rules, to talk about what is wrong with it, uh, we also do not need to talk about it alone. We need the Europeans, uh, the, our white allies, or those allies, friends, enemies, uh, to somehow recognize what is going on, understand that whatever is killing us is also killing you, um, no matter how you see it, either in the short run or in the long run. It's more like the same thing. So the next song I will be bringing to you now is also another beautiful song, which I think is very, very important for also the black struggle. And I think it's very important uh, somehow to, when we talk about these things, that we also um, try to express it in different ways, through songs, through words, however it is. And this one is called Kokoroko. Uh, these are the artists, and uh, the song is called Abusive Junction. And that's more or like how we experience it here that uh, the rules that has been put for us and that, ha that has been put for our white counterparts, our European counterparts are totally different and ours is more like very abusive and at the same time, very oppressive and repressive. So we, as the black community, as minority groups, as indigenous people from all over the world, we are asking also that some of our white allies, friends, families, however relatives however it might uh, be that you also start to see what is wrong with this system and here comes abusive junction <laughs> Thank you. 
So that was the song, uh, Abusive Junction. And we needed, or I needed somehow to express that um, this is more alike, how we also experience um, our realities here in Europe, not just in Europe, because we also face the same abusive hostility, um, uh, laws, uh, structures, institutional killings, uh, institutional abuses, also in our homes. Um, when I mean our homes, I mean uh, Africa or other parts of the world that is not Europe. Um, you also, your, your policies are very much uh, in testifying in these places, uh, it, it is you, you still commit these crimes in this place. And what we're asking is that uh, you stop this, uh, committing this kind of uh, horrendous crimes that you're doing, not just in Europe, but also outside of Europe. And in this case, I'd like to remind once again that uh, on the 25th of uh, May, there is also this, uh, the African Day, as you had Brother Tom talk about before, that this was very important to also raise so that people can also come uh, to show both solidarity, the day of unity, trying to understand the history and also trying to know what our real struggles are. So please, uh, as a, a black person, as a brown person, as a minority person, as a, an indigenous person, we need you to show up there. Those of you who live here in Europe, we need you to, or uh, who, who live here in, in Germany, most especially in um, Hamburg, we need you to show up that day. And if you don't, uh, we need you to somehow recognize this day uh, anywhere you are, because it's very important that we do that. Uh, another thing I wanted to uh, talk about somehow is also he referred to our uh, European counterparts, uh, friends and family. Uh, it's also very important that you also come there that day for a lot of you who understand what is going on and who know that there is a need for change. Uh, we need you to show up that day, uh, be the voices of those people who do not have a voice, uh, not that they do not have a voice, support the voices of those people who uh, their voices are not heard um, in, the, in this part of the world. Before we started the program, I also mentioned that our main aim here is always to try to bring the, the stories that usually you wouldn't hear in the mainstream medias. Um, we try to bring it on into this program and that's what's more like with the bridge radio try to do very much often uh, despite what our struggles are despite what uh, we are going through um, we try as much as we can to keep people aware we try as much as we can to keep on to keep the struggle going uh, because despite what uh, is going on we have to keep on living we have to keep on um, making our life giving our life a purpose so for that reason i'm also asking you to please come that day so this is an open call for everyone both africans and non-africans this is all for everyone i must have to say sooner or later we'll be coming to the end of the program and um before we go there is going to be a few more songs for you. I have all been your host here, and my name is Dave, and um, I hope that somehow, someday, that you will keep on 
listening to the bridge radio and also keep on supporting what we do here for those of you who find it very important and the next song that is going to be coming on your way is called anna pidla trouble heart ache and sadness and this is more like what we think the families of um Bonda is feeling today and many of our also of our uh, follow families relatives uh, around europe they are also feeling the same and for this reason even though the song is sad we also want to encourage you that um, you find purpose within our communities and uh, the people from the communities that we also try as much as we can whatever we can to continue to show solidarity to the families that have lost loved ones and we should try to create a, a safe space whereby before these kinds of things happen that we can actually find means to either help the people themselves or that the people can come to the community and um, find solutions to their problem and not always going to this institution as we had um, Tom said the Babylon systems that they have here um, that our brothers and sisters do not continue to go to them whereby their life are going to be lost so the song is coming heartache that that's going to be a goodbye from me from here and uh, i hope you join us again in the next two weeks when we're going to be having our radio program here and for those of you who do not know bridge radio yet we ask you to go onto our website and look upon what we have been doing we've been talking about the issues about detention we've been talking about externalization of borders we've been talking about different things and we would like people to also listen to all to it and uh, visit our website website and see how interesting some of the programs we've done so far is and how the topic are also very um, educative for people who do not know so that's it from me uh, tonight uh, today uh, and uh, see you in the next two weeks have a very good day and a very good morning Bye -bye.